The scripture this morning comes from the book of Matthew, the second chapter, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard that, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For, for from you shall come a ruler who is to uh, shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there and ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having, having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Some of you who may be uh, familiar with the Christian calendar may find yourselves wondering, why are we doing all this stuff about the kings, the magi, on this particular Sunday? Doesn't that come a little later uh, in January, Epiphany Sunday? Well, in fact, Epiphany is the 6th of January. It's always 12 days after Christmas. You know the, the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas? In fact, uh, Christmas is not a day, it's a season. It's 12 days. It begins with Christmas Day, and it ends with Epiphany, when the Magi, uh, we celebrate their, their uh, coming, and, and really uh, when Christ makes uh, his appearance to the, to the Magi. So, um, so you're okay to keep your Christmas lights up, uh, well past today, you can ride on into the uh, 6th, which should be Friday. So uh, you can continue to celebrate Christmas up until that time, and you will be very much uh, in keeping with the Christian calendar. Let us uh, go to God in prayer. <clears throat> Dear Lord, we uh, thank you for this passage of Scripture from the Gospel of Matthew that tells us about these strange people, these magi, who come bearing uh, 
such wonderful gifts. As we contemplate the meaning of these gifts, let us also contemplate all the gift giving that we have been engaged in in the last few days, especially last Sunday. And help us, Lord, to, um, to consider the, the cost of these gifts, the cost of your gift to us. Quiet our hearts and help us to just ponder the meaning of gift-giving. Speak to us, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. So here's the question I have for you. How much did you spend on Christmas this year? Get your calculators out. You might be amazed. You might be absolutely amazed. I've found that as our children have grown uh, from infancy through adolescence and teenage and college years and now uh, married, the price of gift giving has increased exponentially. (laughs) But think about it. Think about what we spend on one another. Did you buy a computer this year to give to your, your spouse or to yourself or maybe a new cell phone or a game system? Maybe there's a new flat screen TV now hanging on your wall that you didn't have just a few days ago. Maybe, God forbid, that someone bought a bread maker or a sewing machine or a fancy new broom. <laughs> tools, the latest appliance. Those are some of the more expensive gifts, but maybe, maybe you've spent some money on some ties and sweaters and scarves, maybe some costume jewelry, maybe some gloves. Maybe for friends and family out of town, you, brought some, you bought some fruit baskets. Maybe... Maybe you spent money on some other things, too. It's all part of the cost of Christmas, isn't it? Not just the gifts that we give, but, well, all those things that we use to to decorate our homes. The Christmas tree lights, the lights that we adorn our homes with. Well, to say nothing of the electricity costs that go up during this time of year. But there are other costs, aren't there? There's those costs of time, the time we spend shopping, the time we spent cooking, baking, wrapping, preparing, writing Christmas cards, writing thank you notes, time we spend cleaning our house once a year, you know, or those guests, the time we spend shopping for turkeys and the food we munch at when we watch the bowl games. The time we spend at parties we don't normally go to, parties with neighbors and co-workers. I mean, there's a cost to time, isn't there? The time we spend those extra visits to the psychotherapist, (laughs) 
because of the anxiety that this season produces. Christmas, you see, has a price. It really does. We pay, we pay a big price. That's not to say that it's not worth it. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying there is a price to Christmas. The Magi, or who we fondly call the wise men, paid a price too. They paid several prices. They traveled from the east, maybe as far away as what was Persia then, what we might know of today as Iran. Perhaps they came from Turkey, even in northern Africa, Ethiopia. We don't know exactly where they came from. The scriptures just tell us from the east. But clearly they came more than just a few miles, perhaps even thousands of miles to reach their destination in Bethlehem. They traveled over mountains and through deserts and forests. The intent that they had was to pay homage to a, a foreign king king of the Jews. I wonder how that was received back at home when they told their, their friends and, and, uh, and, and family that they were going to go and pay tribute to a king of the Jews. Why would they want to be doing that? Their friends and neighbors must have questioned. There's a price you pay when you when you go against perhaps the best intentions of your friends and family. And then they were summoned by this terrible king, Herod, that we read about in verse 7 in this chapter of Matthew's Gospel. That was no small price to pay to be brought in before King Herod, what was he going to do? He certainly would have had a reputation even as far east as they had come, a reputation for killing anyone, even family members, at even just the slightest whim. Herod asked them to return word of the child's whereabouts when they found this child Jesus. Did he want them to return because then he could return, they, he could kill the only known witnesses? Yeah, I'm sure there was anxiety in their own minds as they pondered what they would do. And what about their gifts? The gifts alone were priceless gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These were not shabby gifts even for kings. But were they kings? Probably not. They were probably astrologers or stargazers or those who maybe were among the educated class and spent a lot of time looking heavenward, looking for signs, prophecies. Maybe they were born into wealth. Whether or not they were kings, we don't know. Tradition sort of holds them to be kings, but all we know is in the scriptures they're called magi. And then what about the cost of Jesus? This cost of Christmas. The, the very gifts that the magi bring to uh, Jesus suggest 
some of the costs, and we sang about it in, in this hymn that's so familiar to us, We Three Kings. Those three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they, they really do have meaning. Gold, gold is what you would bring to a king. But what kind of king was Jesus going to be? Was he going to be the kind of king that so many were expecting? Someone who would rule with might and run out those hated Romans from the land? Would he be that kind of king? Or really, as we know, he would become, he would be a humble king. He would be placed in a manger, the eating trough of animals after he was born. Not the kind of king the people were expecting. This gold, this gift for a king was perhaps a reminder that the kind of kingship that Jesus was offering was something entirely different. There would be a cost to Jesus for being the kind of king that he would become. And the gift of frankincense, that which is often used in a worship setting where the, the incense burns and the smoke wafts its way up to heaven, taking with it the prayers of the people. Is this not a suggestion that Jesus was God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us? Who is going to accept that? That was blasphemy. If he dare tell others that he was God in the flesh, they'd want to crucify him. <laughs> and yet isn't that what he said even on the grounds of the temple? Oh, frankincense, you see, was suggesting a very high price that Jesus would pay. And it becomes even more evident in the third of the three gifts, myrrh, anointment used often for burial. This gift of myrrh was a kind of foretelling of Christ's death on a cross. What greater sacrifice can any of us make than to give up our very lives? Myrrh is an indication that that is precisely what Jesus was going to do. No wonder Mary pondered all these things in her heart. Well, my question to you is what price are you and I willing to pay for Christmas? More than what we would pay for a string of lights, more than what we would pay for that new appliance, more than what we would pay in the time we spend, more than what we would pay in, in all the anxiety of the season, all those prices that I outlined earlier, those costs, are we willing to pay more than that? The word epiphany means appearance or manifestation. Traditionally, it represents God appearing to the Magi in the form of the child Jesus. What are we willing to pay to manifest or reveal Christ to others? Are we willing to pay the price of our reputation? Are we willing to stand out from the crowd and, and to live our lives after the example of Christ when all others are maybe going in another direction? Are we willing to 
pay the price of comfort and security by giving of ourselves to others? Are we willing to forgive the unforgivable? Are we willing to sacrifice time and and our very lives for the sake of someone else? Are we willing to really love as Christ loved? Are we willing to do the right thing? Years ago, when I was in seminary, I worked as a chaplain in the chaplain's service of the Duke University Medical Center. I'm sorry to bring up that, that uh, nasty word here in Charlottesville. But let me say, Duke and, you know, shares the pain of Virginia this weekend, so <clears throat> as far as basketball goes. Anyway, I was a chaplain for several years at the medical center there at Duke. In one of the programs that the pastoral counseling uh, department of the medical center decided to, um, a program that they decided to create was a kind of home away, home, uh, home away from home uh, offering to families because much like the Virginia Medical Center, um, people would often come from other parts of the world, let alone, you know, let alone other parts of the state or country because of the really world-renowned medical treatment that would be provided them. And so often these family members would really, they would, it could be very costly if they simply stayed in hotels in the area. And so the pastoral care program there put together this program that would offer kind of like a Ronald McDonald house in a way for family members of those who had come in from out of town. It was in the stages of being created and so it wasn't yet finished and uh, I guess maybe even days before that, I, we, we were told as the chaplains that we were to offer this to, to the families of the patients that, uh, that we were working with. And I learned that the program could only be offered to white folks because only homes were being provided uh, and these, these homes that were being provided were being provided by families that would only accept white people. This is in the late 70s in Durham, North Carolina. When I learned this, I, I was very troubled by this, and I went to the, the head of the department. And I told him, I said, I, I can't offer this. I can't offer this program when I can only offer it to some and, and not to others. And he explained, well, you know, we don't have any control over uh, who people will allow into their homes, and if that's what they're telling us, that's all we can do. And I said, well, then we don't need to offer the program. And he said, well, then that would, that would cause people to not benefit from this. And I said, I... You know, if, if it's not a complete program, then we, we shouldn't be offering it. It's like, op it's like opening a hospital uh, without, without the emergency room in place. I mean, how, how, can you, how can you offer a program that isn't complete? 
and I, and I turned to walk out of his office, and he said very sternly, he said, I hope you know that if this does begin, you will offer the program that, as it is presented. And I simply left his office and closed the door. Well, fortunately for me, perhaps, and for many others, by the time the program actually got off the ground, that had changed. I don't know if my words had made a difference. All I know is that I was at the point of perhaps uh, leaving seminary because I was going to refuse to do something I had been told to do. Well, sometimes, you know, in life we, we are faced with those kinds of decisions and we have to decide what we're going to do. And, and just as I can't decide for you, you can't decide for me, but we, we each have to come to a place where we ask ourselves, are we willing to pay the price to do the right thing? You see, that's the real cost of Christmas, isn't it? When the wise men left Bethlehem, the scriptures say that they went home by another road. They decided not to go to King Herod, and I I wonder, I wonder if that other road for the wise men was really about them deciding to pay the real price of Christmas, not the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but the price of doing the right thing. Well, the road you and I travel from now on in this new year, will it be a cheap or costly road? You see, the question is, are we willing to pay the price of Christmas? The choice is ours. Let us pray. Lord, forgive us when we decide to take the the easy way. Forgive us when we are willing to pay a few dollars just so we don't have to be uncomfortable. Help us, Lord, to give what you gave, give of ourselves in this new year and for the rest of our lives. Amen. And now it's time for us to uh, receive